Hello and welcome to Affable Chat. My name is Benjamin and this is my co-host Joey. Hey, how's it going? And today we're joined by friend of the podcast and Joey's girlfriend, Jenny. Jenny, welcome. Hey, everybody. And we brought Jenny here today because we're talking about my cousin Vinny. All right, Ma, listen. We got to get an attorney and it's going to cost a lot of money. How much would an attorney cost? A decent one? Fifty, a hundred thousand dollars? Fifty, a hundred thousand. I know, Ma. I know. Don't we use any attorney. I think so. He says he thinks so. Oh, he is? Well, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. You think he'll do it? What? We got an attorney in the family. Great. Who? My cousin Vinny. This is an American Southern comedy trial drama. Directed by Jonathan Lynn. The cast includes a good fella, the karate kid, Aunt May, Herman Munster, and Coach Riley. I watched this movie on YouTube. Joey, how did you watch it? I also watched it on YouTube. What about you, Jenny? And YouTube for me, too. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's recap the events of My Cousin Vinny with our synopsis, originally written here by Joey. So, Joey, get us started. (laughs) Young college hopefuls Bill Gambini and Stan Rothenstein are on a long road trip through the U.S. South when they stop at a roadside convenience store for some snacks. After paying and leaving, Bill realizes that he walked out without properly purchasing a can of tuna in his jacket pocket. The two friends begin to worry when a cop pulls them over and arrests them. But the arrest isn't for the tuna, it's for the murder of the shop clerk. Apparently, moments after leaving, another pair of men in a similar car robbed the place, killing the clerk in the process. Bill calls his mother, begging for her to send a lawyer. She sends the best one she can think of, Bill's cousin Vinny. Vinny, who only passed the bar after his sixth attempt, has only been a lawyer for six weeks, and mostly practices personal injury cases, has never been in court before. He and his fiancée, Lisa, arrive in rural Alabama in time for the pre-trial proceedings. Vinny and the judge immediately dislike each other. The judge hates Vinny's clothes, his casual attitude, and his disregarding of procedure. They butt heads over and over, and Vinny is held in contempt multiple times. Meanwhile, Vinny is trying to learn Alabama's dense legal proceedings, but keeps being awoken in early morning by steam whistles, pigs, trains, screeching owls, and lightning. Lisa is desperately trying to help him, but Vinny is scared of screwing up and tells her to stay out of it. Luckily for him, she does not. During the trial, Vinny impressively dismantles the eyewitness testimony set up by the prosecution. But then an expert witness confirms the tire tracks were made by the same tires that are on the defendant's car. Vinny is stumped. He asks for more time to prepare, but the judge doesn't budge. Desperately, Vinny reviews his evidence and at the last moment realizes the tire tracks couldn't have been made by his client's car. He brings Lisa to the stand to testify as an automobile expert. Lisa's family of mechanics and her experience in her father's garage lends her the expertise she needs to see what Vinny sees. She explains the tire tracks and her conclusion to the court. This evidence is now so overwhelming, the prosecution dismisses the charges and everyone celebrates justice being served. The end. Amazing. So there you have it. There is <laughs> my cousin Vinny. Let's get started with our pros and cons. Jenny, what did you like about my cousin Vinny? I feel like this movie has basically everything that I want a movie to have. It's got great characters um, that you feel attached to immediately. It's got um, a happy ending to it. It's got um, an underdog story. I love watching um, Vinny. Um, it's it's just really satisfying to watch him as a less than successful book smart person succeed. Um, and I just think it's so funny, the lines and their expressions watching him. And um, also, I have the tendency to appreciate Lisa as a female and her strong um, Absolutely. character. She's defying a lot of stereotypes, especially with the car industry. So I love that. <laughs> Definitely. What about you, Joy? What did you like? I completely agree. Incredibly rich performances from Marissa Tomei and Joe Pesci, just so full of life. 
Um, it's a really simple but fun movie, and it's exciting and keeps you on your toes the whole time. Up until the very end, you're not sure what's going to happen. Um, the stakes feel so high, but they aren't, like, you can't not perceive them. You understand perfectly what's going to happen, um, and it's a really tight script that's all character-driven. There's also no bad guys, which means that the ending really is a happy ending for everyone. <laughs> Well, I uh, agree with all of that. I think it's a really interesting and unique premise. I love the idea of sending a bunch of New Yorkers down to Alabama and seeing how both of those you know, locations react to each other. I thought uh, Joe Pesci is a great lead man. You you can just have a movie where you watch Joe Pesci go do Joe Pesci things mm -hmm. wherever, and this movie takes full advantage of that. But Marissa Tomei matches that energy, uh, which really surprised me. I did not expect to have Marissa Tomei be such an equal to uh, the character uh, to Vinny specifically, like the expressive character he is, she doesn't just let him override her. She pushes back and even argues in a similarly impressive fashion, which yeah, I, yeah. I definitely For appreciated. Sure. Which was another thing I liked about this movie was there were multiple satisfying argument sequences. Probably my favorite one <laughs> was when they were arguing about whether or not Lisa turned off the faucet. Yes. That was spectacular. Uh -huh. And uh, it was one of the best things. I mean, you, you're going to be in court. You're going to be arguing uh, legal stuff. You better be good at arguing. And I think they go out of their way to prove that Vinny and Lisa are equipped for that kind of battle. Mm -hmm. Herman Munster, Fred Gwynn, but Herman Munster, let's be honest, <laughs> is a great judge. I think that was uh, a great yeah. casting. He's judge so, face he's got. Yes, oh, he has yeah, a judge the face. Long face. He's very physically intimidating, just a <laughs> giant presence. And I, I thought he was a great choice to go against the less than physically imposing Joe Pesci. Oh, yeah. Kind of a great contrast there. And my final pro is this movie's funny. <laughs> it's a comedy, so it yeah. made me laugh, which is you know exactly what it intends to do. So those are our pros. Let's move on to our cons. Joey, what did you not like about this movie? Um, I really had a hard time coming up with anything. I was racking my brain about it. The only thing I can think of is there wasn't enough of the Southern cultural stuff because there's a couple of great moments where Vinny learns what grits are, um, and he's like uh, he's at the slow uh, pace of the town and everything. You kind of get a feeling of what that's like, and his fish-out-of-water thing. I know it's not really the focus of the movie. It's kind of just the setting, but I would have liked to see more of the uh, Southern heritage, Southern uh, culture uh, kind of seep into this movie. Agreed. I think that was one of the potentials for comedy that wasn't, uh, tapped into enough because I mean just mixing I wish I could do a really good Alabama accent or a really good <laughs> New York accent because that would make this podcast much funnier because I could just do impressions the whole time because putting those two things together there's just so much potential oh, yeah. mm -hmm. and they did tap into it to great effect but it could I agree it could have been done even more I, I, there were a few things I, I thought were not executed super perfectly in this movie for instance the jt subplot I, I thought it was fine to have joe pesci go up against like a southern uh like bruiser mm -hmm. who yeah. wants to solve things with violence but it felt like the fact that it didn't end after that one meeting meant they were building towards something he was going to keep coming back and he's like you don't actually have the money do you that's just a 20 with uh, wrapped around a bunch of ones yeah and he's like oh that's true and then later he's like i got the money and it's like okay what how will they resolve this issue and joe pesci just flies at him <laughs> ragdoll style and like knocks him out in one hit and then takes the money and leaves Okay, so what's the answer here? That Joe Pesci actually does need to solve his problems with violence? Right. I, I, it was funny, I guess, but it wasn't really, like it was surprising, but I, I, it, for me, it kind of went in a different direction than everything else we had seen so far from the way that Joe Pesci goes about solving his problems. Um, and then furthermore, the, the Jerry Callow subplot, I thought it was funny to like bring up like his inexperience, <laughs> almost disqualifying him. And maybe you have to do something like this because this movie does um, try to stay as accurate to the legal system as it can. So it's going to check to see if he's even qualified to be uh, yeah. in this courtroom. And maybe he's mm -hmm. not. So they have to answer for that. But in the end, they end up defying the legal system by lying about his qualifications. Anyway, this Jerry Callow right. <laughs> gets a made up record in, yeah. the, in the end. Um, so... I didn't feel like we needed... It adds a lot of 
uh, pressure. Like it, it, it's like, oh no, he might even get removed from the case. But we already have two guys facing the death penalty. I feel like it's already pretty tense. Um, not that it was really that big of an issue, but I, I just felt like it was a little too much on top. And then um, finally, the reveal, the essential information that proves the boy's innocence. Um, I don't know anything about cars. <laughs> Hearing yeah. like uh, Marissa Tomei's explanation, which was fine. You know, I can I can listen to an explanation, but having things like uh, pause attraction, I don't know what that means. She could have made it up. It wouldn't have mattered to me. Basically, at the end of her spiel, I had to know, okay, that's true. Parts of it, I felt were good, like explaining how your tire gets stuck in the mud and one of them spins, the other one doesn't. I was like, right. oh, I remember that. Mm-hmm. I get that. Okay, mm-hmm. there we go. I would have liked them to build on that a little bit more and show us instead of tell us exactly how this case is going to be resolved. Um, I mean, I still think it was a great way to resolve the case, but um, I almost, I, I, I almost wish there had been more examples of us so that as an uninformed audience, it would have been something I could understand a little bit better. Something that I read um, somewhere else uh, when I was doing research for this podcast was... Um, uh, something that Vinny is taking advantage of here is that people in the South have a relationship with their cars and they know the people who work on cars or they're familiar with the cars themselves. Um, and so when the prosecutor, when the prosecutor comes forward and says, and tries to challenge uh, Marissa Tomei uh, on the stand, you know, he's building from his own experience, which is something that's common with a lot of people in that area. Okay. So um, from that perspective, you know, he kind of gets a pass. I, I agree, though, that it is, you kind of have to take her word for it. But at that moment, right, um, it's, it's like, okay, well, I guess we'll do a, a check in the database to make sure she's right. Like, that's the only thing you really need to do at that point. Right. And I guess what I'm saying is I, I would prefer showing instead of telling. Like, give me more of the tire in the mud like to go earlier into some mechanic shop and have lisa fix it like well you got pause attraction going on over here and here's sure. what that is instead of just later being like by the way here's a bunch of information that makes the case solid you know it's um so that was my i felt like you could have hit on the climax of this movie even harder if uh you had given us as the audience a little bit more information uh, but okay those are our pros and our cons let's move on to our overall section and we'll start with some questions for our guest Okay, Jenny, uh, this is one of your favorite movies. What, what about it do you like? You could have picked any movie to talk about on Affable Chat. Yeah. Why choose this one? Well, this movie, actually, I've grown up watching it. Um, my family really loves this movie. My family's from New York, not anywhere close to the part of New York where they speak like that, but <laughs> like Joe Pesci does. But um, we quote it regularly. Um, it just has qualities to it that have stuck with me and my family and I see it everywhere I go and my dad growing up would always say um the the smooth talk uh, like anytime you'd anytime you'd flub something oh yeah. the way you handled that judge and um yeah I think it, I think it's just a really um great so you grew up watching this yeah movie? I grew up watching it um we we would you know you, you have those movies that you just turn on like on a Sunday afternoon like yeah. when you're doing chores like around the house and um yeah we would watch it and it's just i don't know it's just it's it's n- it's not that deep you know like it's it's really not a like it's not important for any particular reason then um it's, it's just an easy watch and it's funny and it just makes us laugh at so you, your family's from new york honest. yeah Do you, when you see joe pesci and uh <laughs> and uh marissa tomei being new yorkers uh-huh. do you see them are you like that's us or are you like those are those other new york <laughs> um yeah probably the other new yorkers yeah but but they're but they're still i mean i guess everybody in new york kind of has that blunt attitude like mm-hmm. like being down here in the south you kind of have to fake your way through a lot of things but they're yeah that's actually that's really interesting because one of the things that was jarring for me was at the end of the movie when joe pesci's like i guess i have to marry you now but it's like mm-hmm. you know who'd want to marry you anyways like they're uh-huh. kind of going back and forth and i was like this isn't satisfying i want them to be like lovey-dovey like oh yeah. we're finally together like but it's not how they that's are. That's not how though. they are, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Right. So, did yeah. you when Less you like? Than, how do you feel when you see them having uh, that exchange? Yeah, it's like it's like more normal because I guess that's how my yeah. family is more. Like, okay. Just kind of like ragging on each other all the time, and then you just know in the end that 
everybody loves you still. Which is, <laughs> it's just how. Yeah, which is more of this culture shock between the North and the South uh-huh. because in the North, it's people so are blunt with you like that. <laughs> yeah. And in the South, people are nice to you even when they're being like mean. Yeah, and I guess it's sort of just exaggerated in the movie. But I guess like when I'm talking to you about it, I'm not realizing those things because it's just my everyday life, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I guess in a way. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the um, the relationship between the two main characters is so palpable. Mm-hmm. You know, you get that feeling that they really care about each other, even though they're constantly arguing with each other. And it's just the way that they're expressing themselves, you know, which it, it for whatever reason, feels very real. It feels like it's, um, it feels like that is strengthening their relationship uh, more so than something that's like, like you said, like they're lovey-dovey on each other. Because right. when it comes down to it, when it comes down to that, the moment that they need each other, they're always there, like ready to yeah. lift each other like up. Like when it counts, yeah. Yeah, but they're also like <laughs> willing to call each other out on things too. So it makes it, uh, it makes it feel very, it makes it feel like they're really in a relationship. It makes it feel like it's a real thing. Yeah, a real relationship. Um, okay, so you kind of already answered this question, so we'll move on to the next one. Yeah. Um, why do you think this movie holds up as a comedy? Because it's, you know, this movie came out in 1992, Comedies have kind of gone out of style recently, I feel like. There's not as many of them out. Um, so why do you think this one uh, is still making us laugh, um, you know, what's it, almost 20 years later? Well, I think, like, the, again, to go back to it, like, the North and the South kind of, that's a reoccurring theme that I don't think is ever really going to go away. So yeah. it's always going to be funny that they're abrasive and they're, you know, southern and slow and right. <laughs> and and so I think I think that in my opinion helps it to um be a lasting thing, I guess. Like it's it's a bit that can continue on. Like it's not something trendy or um you know, passing. Yeah, that's a really good point. Cuz it, it's because those differences that they show here are still very much true. Um and it's uh but they're not necessarily they're not unwelcoming, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, and in both both sides of it, Joe Pesci and um, the people in Alabama are both pretty open to them being there. Um, it's just that they are not used to how things usually work. Um, and them adjusting to that is fun to watch. Right. There's a version of this movie that you could make where it's the New Yorkers are victimized by the crooked legal system in Alabama, where the people of the town of wherever we are, which is a fictional town, I forgot what it was actually called, but they trap these people and they want to kill them for blood sport or something you know and they're intentionally trying to get a, like around the american legal system to get them as opposed to what this is which is just a misunderstanding that results in you know justice and everybody wins right including mm-hmm. the prosecution yeah, who didn't want to kill anybody <laughs> who didn't do something wrong right right I mean, there is commentary about like the death penalty in this movie, but it's barely. But it's it's really is kind of the background, um, and and that's kind of another example. Beecham County is where we are, by the way. Oh yeah, Sorry. yeah, Beecham County, which it, is not real. Yeah, it's just an <laughs> example of the differences in culture in a way, and you see people like protesting it and things. Yeah, and um, but there's certain you know there, it has that one juror. Uh, what, what would she go for the death penalty? And she's like, fry him. Fry him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm always desperately reaching for my own political opinions to be reinforced through the media that I watch. And I was hoping that they were going to have some sort of anti-death penalty thing in this. They did have people protesting, but really that was just kind of a precursor to uh, Norton was the name of the guy on death row who eventually did fry. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was basically the end of the discussion of the morality of yeah. the death penalty. Right, didn't really get into that. Yeah. Scary in the background. Of yeah. like oh wow, like this could this could be the end of you. Just right, to raise the stakes even higher. Right, yeah. But why 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 is it that there's not as many comedies now though? I don't know. I feel like it's uh, some of it is just that you're um, the making the fun of people is not as trendy as it used to be. Mm. You know, um, when you're I think what you brought up here is a really good I really good point where. There's two different cultures and having them try to mix together, it creates an opportunity for a lot of funny situations, especially when it's not done like in a way that's harmful. Right. You know, where it's not, they're, they're not making fun of one or the other, you know, it, it, they're just different people. Um, so I think that there's a lot of comedies out there that are like, okay, well, we got this one character who is, you know, he's dumb. And so that's funny now. Like that, the whole joke is that he's dumb, and we're just going to constantly watch him do dumb things. And that's that's the where the fun comes from. 
but I, the implication of that is like if you know someone who's actually like that, you know that it's not just that they're dumb. There's something else going on here, and making fun of that is way less funny, you know. Yeah, and and also if you watch a lot of comedies now that came out in a similar time period to this or similar length of time ago. A lot of times the things they're making fun of are not necessarily considered to be funny anymore. Like there are plenty of movies where the joke is this is a foreign culture and right. we're, we're wow. Look ha, at how ha, it's ha. different from our culture. Yeah. That's hilarious. How Look how stupid they are for having a different uh-huh. culture. It's like, yeah, eh, it doesn't really land anymore. <laughs> uh, so much. I don't know how much it landed in their in their time. But uh, so I think it's impressive to have a comedy that's like this where it's made in almost like the all of it can be still laughed at today for the same reasons and you don't have to feel bad about yeah, it yeah totally okay so something that you've mentioned to me jenny is the how visceral the sound design is in this movie uh you said that you can really feel the different um the movements of the characters and stuff yeah i don't know if it's more of a nostalgic thing because i was telling you that i've seen it a bunch of times but like when i'm watching it the I felt I felt like more so than other movies so I don't you'll have to share your opinion like I felt like I am like almost more transported or immersed in it because of the sounds like I just felt like they do such a cool job of like taking you into whatever scene they're in like when they're opening up um like he's opening up the legal documents yeah. and stuff like I have like that just one right the here. sounds of it are like strangely satisfying to me i don't know if that's some sort of strange asmr thing that i have <laughs> going on for me personally let's, let's hear it so this is right right when uh joe pesci and the prosecutor meet each other for the first time i am the attorney oh jim trotter the third district attorney beecham county vincent laguardia gambini first brooklyn <laughs> nice to see you and they go to their separate tables So they're kind of like, both of them are sitting at their separate tables. You can see mm-hmm. both of them in the frame. And mm-hmm. Joe Pesci's never been in court before, so he's just copying everything that the prosecutor does, which is very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can hear him put the briefcase down and click it open. And the boots, like, or, or yeah. the shoes, whatever kind of shoes they're it's wearing, all, like clicking on the courtroom They're floor. small sounds, but they're mm-hmm. really, you can hear them so well here, you know. And yeah. this whole this whole bit of physical comedy is all based around the, what you're seeing more so than what you're hearing. Like, what's being said yeah like it's more layered like instead of just the lines and their expressions then you add that in i don't know it just stood out to me like when i was watching it like i i have seen it so many times so i was like anticipating the sounds almost which i was surprised to find but yeah i just think it really adds to everything so i don't know like about the sound i know there is an entire like sound design like industry like i actually embarrassed to say like on tiktok i follow this little account of like this woman who makes sound design for like a living have you seen that i've seen tiktok accounts for people who do things for like production like mm-hmm. for i follow a guy who does uh props okay <laughs> so like he'll be like here's how we do the different types of glass <laughs> that we use when for like scenes where glass breaks like uh-huh. this glass is made of this so it's used for like falling through it and this glass is used for like fake car wrecks and this oh. glass is actually edible <laughs> like <laughs> oh <laughs> so, but make sure it's the right glass before you eat it so um so yeah so i i, I understand kind of the accounts you're talking yeah, about so, uh, and that made me just i, I don't know if that was because i'd been recently watching that or or not but um I just had never realized how much thought, I guess, goes into all of that. And I just thought they did a great job with it yeah. like for this particular movie. Oh, the, yeah. The other one that you had was uh, the grit scene. Oh, yeah, he's the about grits. To, um, Do the grits. grits. I love this scene. <laughs> so, you going to eat it or not? He's like picking at it with his fork. Uh-huh. <laughs> she takes a picture of him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I feel a little neurotic now that we're listening to the quote. But like, but, how do but, you get the sound of a fork touching a plate? Right. Like, it sounds so small. But it doesn't sound like a, you know, like a, a fancy plate. It sounds like a plate that's actually in the Waffle House, you know? <laughs> like, And that's the yeah. kind of vibe that the place is. So, yeah. Like it's that, it's that tinny sound almost like of a cheap fork. 
but right. it's it's not a plastic one. It's I don't know. I've seen like radio plays before where like I was in uh they did a what it's a wonderful life, I think. It was a radio show, but it was live. And so they had all like somebody who was just in charge of the sound effects. Mm-hmm. Um and it was so cool because you never you used all sorts of unexpected things. One of my favorite parts was that he had like a little tiny door that he would slam. It was like a little door that he would open and just close. And it had like, I think the hinges were a little squeaky or whatever. And he could slam it and had a bell with it and everything. So wow, it was really cool. Um, but yeah, I, I love thinking about that stuff because it's, sometimes it's so unintuitive what they come up with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm really impressed you picked up on the, uh, the, the kind of the small details because, uh, I mean, the, I'm not exactly sure if it's like unique sound design, but some of the things that sounds that stuck with me were all the different things that woke him up in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they, they got pretty creative with all the different ways you can wake up. That was up such a bit. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Be, yes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Just Which, continued and continued. Yeah. <laughs> like they had the train, I mean, we listed them before, the train, the, the animals, the, the owl screeching. The, yes. <laughs> the, uh, the steam whistle. Oh, it was funny mm-hmm. because the first two nights is the steam whistle. Okay, he's... This is just an annoying place to, to go. And then he goes somewhere else, and you're like, wait a second. This is still happening? I thought it was the prosecution. I thought, thought they, they were, were trying to throw him off, yeah. But wasn't the best part of that when he actually goes to prison? Yeah. And yes. he stays there for the night? <laughs> he finally falls asleep. And you look, and he's just dead asleep. <laughs> that I loved that. Like, his <laughs> improvisation to be like, you know what, actually... I'll take advantage of being in contempt of court. Like, don't don't bail me out. Yep. <laughs> yeah, one I got night of sleep. To do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Next question is kind of a, maybe it's a dumb question, but I wanted to ask you guys: Is this movie a period piece? I I don't think it fits that definition perfectly. It's not made of a different era. Uh, it's very much made of the era it was in, but it sort of captures a certain era of American culture and American life. Um, in a, in a very nice way. It's, this movie is definitely not a movie that came out, you know, five years ago. It's definitely a movie that came out in the early 90s. Um, so do you consider, like, how do you consider this as far as it capturing a, a period of time? Well, so is, is in reference to the 80s then, I suppose, right? Kind of, yeah. Or, or, or is it early 90s? I mean, and... it, was, it was made in 1992. Okay, but those lines always blur for me. Right, like... It's it definitely feels kind of 80s in a way. Well, I don't know, like... Usually with like period things or or whatever, don't they have to like reference like times in history? Like I didn't feel like there was any like yeah reference to like any events or like current events that were happening, I guess. But like just in general, like. Right. No, it's not. It, that's the thing is like it's not really it's not made about a different time. Mm-hmm. Right. Which I think is probably what a period piece is supposed to be. But it's a. um it's still kind of a time capsule in a way. Um, it's not pretending that it was made recently. You know, it's not trying to keep up with that mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like, okay, this, is, this was made at a very specific time in a very specific place. Um, I think part of that is just uh, capturing like the South in a way, right? It's, everything's kind of slower. Um, whereas, you know, today we're just as modern in the South as we are anywhere else. Um, so it's, it, you know, the, the culture hasn't necessarily shifted that much, but the way we do things has, you know, we wouldn't be able to just call the clerk's office and hope that they get back to you by three, True. you know, they would probably just pick up. That is what would make it a quote unquote period piece mm-hmm. the most for me is the technology. There's a certain level of danger that you get driving on Alabama back roads when you don't know anybody and there's a Confederate flag right there and mm-hmm. this guy's selling manure and you <laughs> you have a cop tailing you and what are you going to do? You're like, what, would they, what if they try to do something you know, crooked? You mm-hmm. can't call anybody and you're isolated. You get arrested, you're in prison there and you get your one phone call, sure, but yeah, you're on your own. And uh, I think that adds a lot to the stakes. And that makes like it, it makes this movie work a lot more than if they were that isolation, you know, right? Yeah, which yeah. was inherent to existence back then, but right. now has a certain edge to it because I always feel so connected, no matter where I am. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just that this couldn't really happen today. Right, it makes yeah. me feel like this is uh, capturing a certain period. Right, mm-hmm. I don't know. Same thing with uh, like you said, calling the clerk's office. It's like. We'll call you back at three. It's like, no, FaceTime me right now. and uh, <laughs> Show me the documents. Exactly. Yeah. Email them to me. Email them to me. All that stuff. Like, look them up in the internet lawyer database. That's right. Um, 
I L D B. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, yeah. So I think that's what really makes it feel like it's from a different time. Um, And it benefits from, you know, cashing in on that situation right before it stopped existing forever. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay. I have a question for you, Jenny. Okay. Do you feel like Lisa was justified in her rage against Vinny during the trial, which is what happens right before she is um, called to the stand to testify? It's an absolutely yes for me. Uh (laughs) Um, I got to side with my girl here. Uh Um, Yeah, I thought that she was giving the whole movie and not um, getting anything back, and she was sick of it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know. She... Yeah, she handled it like I think she handled most things in the movie. She just had enough. And um, yeah, I think Vinny could have definitely been a little bit more cognizant of what she was feeling the whole time. But he he had a lot of pressure on him. But no, no I but thought totally he was being agree. a big baby. No, he's, yeah, <laughs> especially the way he acted when she showed him all the photos. Like that was, that was oh, over the yeah. line. I would not like that, Joe. She did that to me. You know, I love photos. I know. Yeah. That well, especially because so she was sad. only trying to help and had already helped at that point mm-hmm. when she went over the pr- legal procedures and told them, it's like, yeah, you're, you can totally see all of the evidence right. that yeah. the prosecution is bringing. <laughs> like several <moron."> times. She- <laughs> and he's like, don't read that book. It's like, okay, dude, you're, you're hurting yeah. yourself by yeah. not letting her help. Just dismissing her. Yeah. I have to push back a little bit just okay. because <laughs> there are two young boys who are about to be killed for a crime they didn't do so you wouldn't be in the mood to look at photos not that i wouldn't if if Vinny is trying to bring her to the stand to save their lives oh I was you like, mean that little detail okay maybe <laughs> maybe uh swallow your pride in that situation uh but I understand. so wait, wait so when he goes to get her she's mm-hmm. out in the hallway on the phone yes who's she on the phone with um I think it must be the clerk's it's office. It's got to be the clerk's office. It's yeah. the only time she would have been able to do that. Mm-hmm. It's between when she, when, when uh, uh, Vinny tells her that uh, the Joe Gallo thing is, is no longer applicable and he changed his name to Joe Callow. And then she has, the only time that Jeffrey. you see her after that is when she's at the um, phone and she must be calling the clerk's office to arrange for him to. Uh, so she was still saving the day. Exactly. He was interrupting her saving, <laughs> I guess. Right? Yeah, I think. I don't know. I don't know how she'd be calling at that moment. You know? Somebody, yeah, no, I agree. Unless she was calling someone to pick her up or something. Yeah, come get me out of here. Yeah, I need to get out of here. Yeah, I gotta get, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But she comes through in the end in yeah. either way. So I guess I don't have too much she of a She can't big, help but, but display her skills. Well... Just while I was watching that scene, I was like, no, stop fighting against him. These guys are going to die. I know. That's the <laughs> Add thing. Add to the suspense. Is like, yeah, the, it the, does. It, it really does. Not, does. It could not get any more climactic at that moment. I, yeah. That's the thing for me is the Marissa Tomei's Lisa in this movie is just perfect. She makes this movie so much better. Um, her testimony is one of the greatest like movie <laughs> moments, I feel like. just when the, So when the whole movie turns around at that moment... Because um, up to that point, Vinny's been at the ro- on the ropes. You know, he's uh, he had a couple of wins. You know, he's capable, but he doesn't know how he's going to get out of this situation. Um, and then, you know, he sees the picture, and then you, as the audience, don't know exactly what he sees yet. And then when he brings her onto the stage uh, or onto the stand, then uh, she displays that, and uh, it turns the whole thing around. First, it, you know, it solves both of our problems, which is trying to solve this case, but it's also uh, get fulfilling her. Uh, arc in which she's trying to be a helpful partner to Vinny. Um, and so both those things happen at the same time in the same moment. I think it's am- amazing. Um, or, yeah, I think that uh, from a high level view, just looking at the structure of this movie, it has ample opportunities to be dismissive and uncharitable to its female character. I mean, it is, there is only one female character in this movie, which is a kind of an example of of something, of some sort of bias. Um, but I feel like it also subverts that and in the process elevates itself to a really incredible level. Um, Lisa is Vinny's equal, but not his identical copy. Uh, they have different strengths and both need to push themselves to achieve victory in this story. Although, Vic- although Vinny says he doesn't want her help, he admits that this is because he's scared. Um, even though he, she isn't perfect and sometimes life makes life harder for him, he never disparages her for it. Uh, they're partners through and through. And 
it's this trust in each other that allows them to work well together, to solve problems as a team, and to argue so passionately with each <laughs> other. Um, this isn't Lisa's story, though. She's only a side character, but it's her direct involvement that leads Vinny to success. Uh, she demonstrates over and over that she is the smartest one in the room, but she's also dedicated to help her partner in his time of crisis. Instead of just being someone for Vinny to come home to or someone to cheer him up when he's sad or a prize to be won at the end, uh, she's an active part of the story. They're at every turn in the courtroom listening and learning and ultimately saving the day in a big way. This is what makes the movie not just funny but it's and not just a good courtroom drama. It makes it a classic. By utilizing its female lead so effectively, uh, where so many other movies take uh, their female characters for granted or ignore them, it adds new life to the movie, new perspective, and a richness that lets this movie stand the test of time. So true. Especially that last part, like making it stand the test of time. Because a lot of movies, not that long ago, women, I mean, still today, but yes. I feel like there's we're definitely in the era of like women earning their equality within cinema. Mm -hmm. But yeah, not that long ago, that was pretty rare. And um, this is a, you know... Uh, noticeable difference from a lot of movies of the time right i mean it's something it kind of has the elements somewhat of a romantic comedy a, a little bit but but not not all of them but it does it in such a different way i think it, it really does um like put the ball in lisa's court and allows her to manipulate the story to, to kind of her whim which is something kind of rare i think that um this movie really is so character driven and the actions that are taken by Joe Pesci directly influence the rest of the movie. And then, um, and that those, you know, directly impact how Lisa interprets the situation. And then her, uh, then when she goes on the stand, right, that saves the whole day. But her getting to that point and uh, trying to convince her to go on there doesn't feel out of character. Sure, it's, it's frustrating. The whole thing is frustrating because you're like, that's a misunderstanding. I, don't, I want this to just be resolved. You know, when Vinny goes at the beginning of the court, at the beginning of the proceedings, like, it's just a misunderstanding, Judge. I, like, you don't understand. Like, it's also frustrating. And then when she says uh, she doesn't want to go in the stand or she's resisting him, right? Again, it's just it's, it's that extra frustration, but it doesn't feel unwarranted. It doesn't feel like she's acting out of character or out of place in that moment because... Uh, they've established her so per so perfectly up to that point. The, and they, this movie also establishes this idea of misunderstandings. Yes. They have these two bits at the beginning of the movie where basically it's just people not saying what they mean. Uh, like when I'm talking about Joe Pesci entering the, the jail yes. cell and, and <laughs> uh, Stan thinks he's there to... Uh, have sex with him. Yes. And... <laughs> uh, yeah, so like that was a constant theme throughout that. So I felt like that yeah. was earned to kind yeah. of be in this misunderstanding type moment. Mm -hmm. uh, but another, just to continue heaping praise on Mrs. Tomei, I loved her wardrobe oh, in this yeah. movie. Oh, she's fabulous. She is fabulous. Mm -hmm. I mean, she had, we had, like, we did not earn the. Uh, outfit she was wearing at the cabin where she was nope. just serving looks <laughs> serving and i i loved it i i thought she was great uh, oh yeah throughout yeah absolutely she's beautiful <laughs> okay well that is gonna uh bring us to the end of our overall section so we're gonna take a quick break but don't go away because when we return we're gonna be talking about our cool easter eggs our quotable moments and we're going to be giving this movie our rating, so stick around. Affable Chat is brought to you by DT's Big Dilly Booch Kombucha. Hey, what's that you've uh, got there? What, this? Yeah, that. What's that fascinating liquid in your bottle? It's kombucha, my dear boy. Kombucha? What's kombucha? Kombucha is a marvelous liquid with medicinal properties. It's historic. Historic? Like... Don't worry about that part. Anyway, it has bacteria in it. Okay, but isn't bacteria bad for you? Aha, uh -huh, my dear boy. Not always. This bacteria is good for you. Um, okay. So is that why your voice sounds like that? Yes, it is. Once you start drinking kombucha long enough, your body recognizes that you're different and better than most of your friends. So your voice changes. It's sort of like being a vegan. But for liquid. Is kombucha vegan then? I don't know. What do you think I am? Some kind of nerd? Just drink it. All right, hand it here. Mmm, that's good. See, I told you. Do you like drinking drinks none of your friends have ever heard of? If so, try DT's Big Dilly Booch. It's bacteria, stupid. Just drink it. And we're back talking about my cousin Vinny with our special guest, Jenny. Hello. 
and we're going to talk about our cool Easter eggs. Uh, Jenny, what do you got? Okay, so Vinny and the judge talking about, I don't think we've talked about this yet, nope. um, the, the two Utes, um, <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite parts, um, lines in the movie, um, I found out is an actual conversation that was um, had between the two, that, so the judge and um, Vinny, that it was something that Joe Pesci said, like, when they were filming, like, off camera, like, he referenced, you know, the storyline and said two Utes, and, he, like, the judge legitimately didn't know what he was saying, like, instead. Like, Fred Gwynn didn't mm-hmm. know what he was yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, 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 sorry, I forgot his name. Yeah, <laughs> he really didn't know what he was saying, and and, and I, I suppose they had a good laugh about it, and then they added it into the script, like, oh, after that. Funny. I just thought that was cool. That is cool. Quintessential it's, Pesci. It's right a very, there. yeah, it's, it's a very classic moment. Yeah. Everyone knows the two Utes thing. Yeah. So, that's so funny that that was, like, a real... <laughs> exactly. There's <laughs> something real. That's yeah. so funny. So, going along the same lines... um. When the guy who wrote the script was trying to figure out um, what to do, he went on a road trip um, to actually go out and see what things were like in the South, I guess, because I I don't think he was from there. And he experienced all of the iconic things that are actually in the film. So again, like all of this stuff stemmed from like real life. And so I thought that was really interesting. Um, Makes it maybe that's why it's so great is because it really happened. Like so the car in the mud and grits being on every single menu <laughs> and then the screeching owl like that was all oh, wow. things that he experienced like on his road trips so i just thought that was interesting wanted to share oh that. yeah no i uh i felt the same way like i'm not from alabama but right. i am from rural south carolina rural. and driving on those long and also i have driven through alabama i may have oh, even gone okay. like a similar thing because i had to go uh i drove from south carolina to mississippi one time and I've driven on those long, skinny roads. <laughs> it really looks like that. Through the countryside yeah. where, yeah, and there's like, you know, you don't see anybody for miles. Mm-hmm. And then there's these big old open fields with big houses next mm-hmm. to them and Confederate flags and oh, yeah. people selling boiled peanuts. <laughs> and I, mean, I don't know if I saw anybody selling literal manure, but, uh, you know, you see people selling every little thing in their little makeshift signs oh yeah so it i mean from my perspective it yeah it did have a certain authenticity to it um and also like i I, on this podcast i always complain about every movie taking place in new york it was Mm. nice for this like a movie to take place in the south yeah so so i was i was appreciative of that absolutely yeah for sure very cool so uh, one of the things i actually didn't realize about this movie until i read about it after because i don't know anything about legal proceedings but uh director jonathan lynn actually has a law degree and insisted the film's legal proceedings be realistic in fact many attorneys and law professors have praised the film for its accurate depiction of trial strategy and courtroom procedure especially with regards to presenting expert witness at trial Uh, in fact the film has been screened at some law schools to illustrate courtroom procedures. And whenever a movie can do something like that, I think it's really cool. It doesn't matter. Like, even if this movie sucked, if they're able to really accurately portray uh, the courtroom procedure, I think that's like that's really cool. Yeah. So it, like added value on top of this movie beyond it being a good comedy. It also is showing us what really goes on in a courtroom. The, uh, the Wikipedia article for this movie has a substantial portion that's about the legal accuracy of this movie and there's a whole bunch of accolades this movie has from very famous people including like um, Merrick Garland um, wow who has praised this movie for its its accuracy I have a quote from uh, John Marshall a law school professor um, uh, uh, sorry his name is uh, Alberto Bernapi uh, from John Marshall Law School um, and he said, after Vinny's girlfriend, Mona Lisa, bails him out for a second time after being f- having been found in a contempt, she criticizes his performance in court and tells him it's perfectly clear he does not know what he's doing. She then utters one of my favorite lines in the movie, don't they teach you that in law school? Vinny's uh, response is a classic, no, they teach you contracts. Obviously, the implication is that law school, in law school, they teach law, not how to practice law. Uh, Vinny is terrible at the things we do teach in law school, but very good at the things we don't. Although Vinny is clearly no role model when it comes to knowledge of the law, 
legal analysis and ethical behavior, law students could learn from him as to how to use legal thinking in the complexity of actual law practice. Vinny needed to learn legal analysis, which was what law schools are best equipped to teach. While many of today's graduates need Vinny's inherent ability to interview clients, to gather facts, to prepare a theory of a case, to negotiate, to know when to ask a question and when to remain quiet, to cross-examine a wit witness forcefully but with charm in order to expose the weaknesses of their testimony, and so on. Wow. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. They teach this in law school. They, they say, look at the way that he examines the witnesses. Mm -hmm. Look at the way that they question the expertise of, our, of the expert witnesses. Mm -hmm. All of that is, um, is very accurate. And, um, and look at the way that he says, I'm done with this guy. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with this guy. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's the social aspect of all these careers, I guess, in a yeah. way. Like the social skills, like those yeah. things that they can't teach you. Like there's other careers that are like that. I mean, I just think about like, like for me, um, you can learn how to teach dance, but like, or, or like, or like what is needed for, for a dance, but, but no one could really teach you exactly how to explain it or to walk into the room and have the skills to do it effectively. And just uh, my mom too, my mom's a counselor and they, you know, she said she never learned how to counsel. It just had to come from her. And then I think Vinny yeah. knows like what to do. I think that's something really special about this movie. Um, and Vinny specifically is that he had some inherent, inherent talent, which was mm -hmm. arguing something that's been, bred into him over yeah, generations. The Gambini argument. That's right. Yes. Um, they, um, and he's putting it to good use here, right? He's found a niche. He found a place where that talent can be utilized to great effect. Um, and he's become, he, in using that for good, being a useful member of society yeah, in that way. I think it's, it's like awesome. Inspiring. Like you, we all just hope that we can find our niche like, right, of, right. of where we can fit in and use what we like naturally have. So I, I think that's a cool. Yeah. And the other thing, the other quality he has is he's extremely hardworking. I mean, he doesn't give up. He's <laughs> trying to, for the bar six times, right? That's, you have to be pretty persistent in order for that to happen. Oh, yeah. He clearly Third time's a charm. That's Not what... for me. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't, yeah, clearly like uh, Lisa has a much better understanding of what's going on around. But he, you see him reading that book every night, staying up super late, mm -hmm. uh, constantly going through all those papers and stuff. Um, he's very persistent. I think that's a quality that um, is underrated for this. You know, he has that natural ability, but he's also like really dedicated to what he's trying to do. Um, another, I have another quote from an appeals judge, Richard Posner. He said, "This uh, my cousin Vinny is particularly rich in practice tips. How a criminal defense lawyer must stand his ground against a hostile judge, even at the cost of exasperating the judge, because the lawyer's primary audience is the jury, not the judge." How cross-examination of peripheral matters can sow serious doubt about a witness's credibility. How props can be used effectively in cross-examination, such as the tape measure. Um, how to avoid door, dire, uh, examine and cross-examine expert witnesses. The importance of the Brady Doctrine. How to dress for a trial. Contrasting uh, me methods of conducting a trial, jury trial, and more. Wait, do we really Joe. need him to teach us how to dress for a trial? <laughs> well, <laughs> more like how not to dress for a trial. Yes, uh, that is part of it, though. For Are sure. you mocking me, Mister Gambino? <laughs> <laughs> I do love it when he when he's wearing that suit and he says, "I wore this ridiculous thing for you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it has a bunch of accolades too. Um, uh, the courtroom goes to the movies. Uh, gave this film a highest rating among its several films based on real trials such as wow. the ju judgment at nuremberg and the breaker morat um in 2008 the aba journal ranked the film number three in its list of 25 greatest legal movies and in 2010 ranked joe pesci's character as number 12 in its list of 25 greatest fictional lawyers who are not atticus finch <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's uh it's extremely robust in its legal proceedings and i think that adds so much to it too Mm -hmm. Totally um, agree. One of the things they saw it compared to is A Few Good Men, uh, which apparently takes a lot of liberties uh, with it, even though it takes place in a trial as well. So Cool. Very cool. Uh, so another Easter egg. This was just interesting to me. Uh, Joe Pesci was 49 when they filmed this movie, and Marissa Tomei was 27. Wow. So, I was wondering how old she was. Yeah. Because she doesn't look that old now in uh, the Spider-Man movies. It's true. That's true. She definitely didn't look old in this movie, although Joe, on the other hand, well, <laughs> yeah, pushing it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I'll just leave you to your own conclusions as to, you know, how you want to feel about that. Yeah. 
Um, this is a really weird one. So in 1998, uh, there was an album uh, called Vincent Lagardia Gambini Sings Just For You. And it was sung by Joe Pesci. Uh, an, so, an album? A whole album? A whole album. Holy cow. That was sung in the, uh, by Joe Pesci about this movie. Whose idea was that? I don't know. I guess Joe Pesci's. This cool. is the only Vincent LaGuardia Gambini movie, right? Or does yes. he go on to do other stuff? There was a talks about a um, a sequel, which would uh-huh. take place in uh, England, but Marissa Tomei didn't want to do it, and so the, the whole thing was scrapped at that point. I would love to see another person, like like my brother-in-law, Vinny, you know, and now we're with... <laughs> Now we're with Lisa's family. Yeah, yeah, and they're yeah, doing yeah. something over there. My brother-in-law, Vinny. Yeah. My grandfather, Vinny. Yeah, my... <laughs> Grandpa Vinny. Grandpa Vinny, I need you to come back to the courtroom. Can you come? <laughs> Somebody's bullying me at school. Yeah. Can you come? <laughs> yeah, there was uh. talks... There are um, uh, novels, actually. Uh, a series of novels oh. that feature um, Vinny and Lisa. Oh, no way. Uh, going on. She, Interesting. Lisa is like his uh, investigator. Before or after? After. Okay. Um, uh, based on the characters, yeah. Nice. There you go. My long lost twin brother, Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> so do we think Joe Pesci? Joe Pesci oh. plays both characters? <laughs> no. <laughs> and then the other one is like some whole completely different. He's not Italian at all. Like he's, he like, he acts like really Southern or something. Yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. he's like French. Oh man. <laughs> That's funny. Normally I push back against making a bunch of sequels, but. There's this, so much. This sounds like it has There's a lot so much of potential. There's so much that you can do there. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, did you listen to the album? I did not. I, didn't I wonder if it. he's any good. We can listen to it later. Okay. <laughs> maybe you can put it in the post. Yeah, maybe it's on Spotify. Yeah. If we don't get out. Yeah, we'll, we'll play that. Every time I get the urge to visit my hometown, I'm sure that all my cousins will try to track me down. My heart says go, my head says no, it's best to stay away. But if I appear, I'm sure to hear all those jerk-offs say Hey Cousin Vinny, your Cousin Vinny Is there anything that you could do for me? Hey Cousin Vinny, your Cousin Vinny It ain't that long you must remember me Hey Cousin Vinny Okay, well uh, I think we're ready to move on to our quotable moments Um... What kind of quotes are we working with here, people? We got a couple. Um, both of them are f- some of Jenny's favorites. Yeah. Uh, so we'll do this one first. What's going on here, Vinny? You fucking up this case or what? I explained it to you already, didn't I? It's just procedure. I'm about to fuck up a little. A little? Got thrown in jail. Twice. Hey, I know I was in jail. I don't need you to point it out to me, okay? I mean, you, you're my fiance. You're supposed to stand by your man, you know? Encourage me a little bit. A little encouragement. Is that what you want? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You were wonderful in there. The way you handled that judge. Oh, you're a smooth talker. You are. You are. All right. Knock it off. Knock it off. (laughs) (laughs) So good. (laughs) She's so great. (laughs) She is great. I love it. It's a little reminding me of you and me. Yeah. A little bit. I know. Don't you think? I feel like we kind of get at each other a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, The... uh, I do really like this the kind of snippet of their uh, relationship um, that, mm-hmm. that she shows here because yeah he's it's just like he says aren't you supposed to be standing by me why are you making fun of me why are you you know giving me a hard time about this and she just immediately goes into sarcastic uh, oh the way you handled that judge <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it like you never get the sense that um, in both of those like the, both of what she says before and after right you never get the sense that she's really disparaging him or, or making. Or that she doesn't love him or anything. No, yeah. it's more that she's, she's she's mad at how it's going. Like right. she couldn't believe he'd messed it up. Like she's that. right. Yes, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Like, he needs to shape up. This Come is on. unacceptable. Yeah. He got thrown in jail again. He needed tough love. <laughs> right. One at time, that time was too many. Yeah, yeah. that's a balance of a relationship. Like when to give tough love and when to give that encouragement. Exactly. So I just loved it because I agreed with her that it was time for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah, and then when she when he says, "Oh, you're supposed to stand by your man," and then she says, "Oh, I'm sorry." Oh, I'm sorry. Like her inflection changes and everything, but you know it's sarcastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, it's a powerful performance. The for delivery. That. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yes, I do like that a lot. 
Okay, one, the next one, Jen? Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm the one that's under the gun here. Trial starts tomorrow. You want to know what I'm nervous about? I'll tell you what I'm nervous about. I am in the dark here with all this legal crap. I have no idea what's going on. All I know is you're screwing up, and I can't help. You lent me a little camera, didn't you? Oh, Finny, I'm watching you go down in flames, and you're bringing me with you, and I can't do anything about it. And? Well, I hate to bring it up because I know you got enough pressure on you already. But we agreed to get married as soon as you won your first case. Meanwhile, ten years later, my niece, the daughter of my sister, is getting married. My biological clock is ticking like this. And the way this case is going, I ain't never getting married. Lisa, I don't need this. I swear to God, I do not need this right now, okay? I got a judge that's just aching to throw me in jail. An idiot who wants to fight me for $200. Slaughtered pigs. Giant loud whistles. I ain't slept in five days. I got no money. A dress code problem. And a little murder case which, in the balance, holds the lives of two innocent kids. Not to mention your biological clock, my career, your life, our marriage. And let me see, what else can we pile on? Is there any more shit we could pile on to the top of the outcome of this case? Is it possible? Maybe it was a bad time to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like this quote because it, it really does sum up the movie at that point. And it tells you just how much it's at stake. Yeah, it's clear. Building up all these things, and then at this moment, it's kind of like, you're kind of at the lowest point, almost. uh, Get kind of lower a little bit later. But their their argument here is just about everything that's just happened and just how much stress has been put on uh, Joe Pesci and how he's going to, how is he going to solve this problem? How is he going to get out of it? I like that it didn't go further than that. It was just, they... They had that little moment, but then she knew when to reel it in once he'd listed everything out. I thought that was <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> I know. Just like she admits she's wrong. And Maybe that, it was a bad time. Maybe it was a bad time. I, I know I shouldn't bring it up. But. Well, I thought it was important to reveal to the audience that, that I mean, there's new information to us that yeah. they're not going to get married until he wins his first case, mm-hmm. which, you know six years taking the bar has clearly been going on for a while so at least i mean she must feel some type of way about him winning this case yes absolutely yep yeah i i, I do like it a lot the whole biological clock ticking stomping With the foot <laughs> yeah uh, that's so my favorite part yeah all right that's our quotes yes and is uh are we doing the no we're, we're good we okay. already covered it cool okay well, that is going to bring us to the end of our discussion on My Cousin Vinny. And as we do at the end of every episode of Affable Chat, we will be delivering our ratings. So, Jenny, what rating do you want to give to My Cousin Vinny? Okay. I give it two utes, um, which is <laughs> dead on balls accuracy, <laughs> which is an industry term. Awesome. Nice. Very good. <laughs> That's very good. What about you, Joey? I give this movie a good night's sleep. There you go. In prison? Yes. Anywhere <laughs> I can get it. <laughs> I give this movie identical metallic mint green 1964 mm. Buick Skylark convertible. <laughs> nice. That phrase was said many, many times. Yes, it was. Awesome. And um, so there you have it. That is... My cousin Vinny, Jenny, thank you so much for joining us Thanks to discuss s- this movie. Thanks for having me. And for recommending this movie to us. This yeah. is my first time having ever seen it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't realize. Yes. Oh, good. <laughs> and uh, Jenny, where can the people find you on the internet? Oh, well, if you're in need of dance teacher and golden retriever content, um, you can <laughs> head over to my Instagram, um, jen.hegarty. Yep, and it'll be in the description. Yep. Um, but yeah, thanks again, Jenny, for joining us. And we really loved having you on. Okay, Joey, what's next on Affable Chat? Next, we are doing Independence Day. Yes, which will hopefully be released on Independence Day today, on July 4th. Mean, I don't know. It's Not today. Seven weeks, seven days from now. <laughs> from the day uh, that everybody celebrates the red, white, and blue and all the fireworks. 
Um, so look forward to that. You can subscribe to us on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this podcast, then tell your friends. Just say, have you considered listening to Affable Chat? You can reach us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Affable Chat or send us an email, affablechat at gmail.com. We also have a YouTube channel where we post videos and other things. Mostly, actually, just videos. Just videos, actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can watch Affable Chat live on Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern uh, on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Affable Chat. That's going to do it for this episode. For Affable Chat, I'm Benjamin. And I'm Joey. Thanks for listening.